As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. the total soccer show my name is taylor rockwell and joining me today from the heart of what i've heard on tv is a ghost town similar to escape from new york it's alexis guerreros and christian polanco it's the cooligans fellas it is good to have you on the show <laughs> what's up what's up <laughs> thank you so much uh, uh for for having us yeah this is uh it, it's always an honor to be here obviously it's under different circumstances mm-hmm. than usual but uh uh we're very happy to be here yeah thank I'm, you i was outside and a tumbleweed hit me and i said hey i'm walking here <laughs> oh wow <laughs> wow starting early with starting early with that all right uh i do want to talk about comedy and I guess, Alexis, what you consider comedy in the COVID era. Uh, I want to talk about y'all's show, approaches to interviews, a whole lot more. But first, uh, as Christian alluded to there, uh, I do want to talk about Daryl or give you all the opportunity to do so. We first met you guys in Philly back in 2018, early 2018, I believe it was. I can confidently say that we've been to more places with you all in the last almost three years than I think with anyone else in my life at this point, uh, which means you all also spent a lot of time with Daryl. I wanted to ask, you've talked a little bit about this. I think I've heard you all talk about it. But when you first met Daryl, that was in Philly, I think you all were doing your live show or like doing some stand up. Uh, what were your expectations going in and how right or wrong were you about Daryl? I thought he was going to look like John Oliver. <laughs> I dead ass thought he was going to be like a little bit shorter than he actually is, maybe a little shorter than me and like nebishy, like you know what I mean, just like like a complainer kind yeah. of a guy. And when I and I've seen the photos, but you just don't really I don't know how tall you are before that, so like I never knew how to place it. And the photo that was probably most prominent was the one that you guys have of like the wide shot of both of you yeah. at your desk uh desks recording. So, uh I didn't know what to expect. And when I met him, he, as he, as he kept walking, I'm like, he's so much tall. Like, why is he still going? You know? <laughs> yeah. That, uh, the, the height, I, I think meeting you guys, uh, led me to this i don't know this there's sort of a conspiracy i have that everybody who works in like soccer media is like super tall this is like as a strange uh, every, every literally everyone all the guys had extra time uh, uh you yeah. you meet them and you just assume somebody got to be like five four uh right. 
but no, everyone's like six two, six three. Uh, built like you know defensive midfielders. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a it's a bit shocking, but but the one, uh, I mean I know I mean th- th- that first time that we met and and at that comedy show, uh, I had that feeling. It was you, you know you guys came with Jason Davis, uh, and I had that feeling. This this happens a lot in, in comedy overall, where like if you invite someone to a show and they've never seen you before, there's there's a discomfort before you're actually performing oh, yeah. because they're like, oh boy, what if they bomb and <laughs> I have to talk to them after? Oh, what are we gonna do? What am I gonna say? <laughs> but you you see it in their like in their eyes that like oh boy, this hopefully goes well enough for me to be okay being seen with you or maybe like being an Instagram photo or something. Uh, and that's what I sensed uh, from, from both of you, which is a healthy thing because I think it's like, there's a certain level of skepticism where you're like, you want us to succeed so that you are not uncomfortable after the show. I think we both, I don't know. Cause I will be honest. I hadn't listened to your show at that point, or maybe we had listened to it very quickly, like on on the train up to Philly. We didn't really have that, concern i think maybe maybe because your openers for that one were okay but maybe not quite as strong i think when you all went up there i do think he turned to me and was like oh they're professional comedians like there was definitely a moment of there was a there was a difference in approach for sure um and i think and i think also like daryl and i are both pretty into stand-up comedy obviously we have never done it ourselves but i think we both appreciate it appreciate the craft of it and like hearing about it you all are pretty candid about that sort of thing and candid about your lives and so i think even if you'd been no i take it back if you'd been bad it would have been hard to have a conversation it would have been really hard <laughs> yeah. to hear you all talk about the craft as you know like, why you know why we and struggling you know why we know that's true is because the first thing you guys said to us is thank god you were funny <laughs> 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 it's like yeah i we we knew the pressure going yeah. in but i think also like you 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 both had said like also because th- and i think some of the other comics on the show which for those listening the some of the comics on the show were a little bit older um like more like uh you know mm-hmm. cruise boat or road comics and then you know christian and i come in doing multiple spots in in new york city which is just a different you know you have a different set when you do that uh so our, we were a little bit more raw i think um mm-hmm. and and sort of less less uh uh like a predictable i'll say that uh, yeah. as far as what the joke is going to be you guys are both like thank you for not on your significant others because everyone else <laughs> oh, was yeah. like yeah everyone was like take oh my wife take her you know yeah <laughs> and we we don't go that route you know yeah i forgot about that 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 was definitely a thing that endeared you all to both of us i think both of you all talked about your your partners and your dating history in a not like women are the worst right guys uh, let's yeah. get some high fives it was definitely self-deprecating but like honest and that's how you all have always been is i would say self-deprecating or yeah. at least christian is alexis maybe i don't know about yeah, that I don't, I don't i don't say that kind of stuff uh on stage but uh you know i'll do it on my podcast or any other form of media you know what I mean? that's what i save it for yeah. uh, so i i did then want to ask so we go on tour we had lots of uh interesting experiences in both good and bad ways uh are there particular like memories or stories you enjoy about daryl from uh that time on the road or just since that first meeting in philly oh man uh i mean look there is something and and i I, i've said this a bunch of times but i mean that that world cup comedy tour um i think it is 
it changed our relationship, changed our friendships. It, it yeah. really, it felt like, uh, and this happened to a lot of people in comedy. When you go, uh, you go away, you're on the road, you go on tour, you you bond, right? There is a a sense of like we we're we're we got called to war together and we 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 fought together and then we did some really fun shows we did some really bad shows <laughs> and it's really the bad shows is where you bond the most right uh-huh. because it really the, is yeah <laughs> the the moments of whether you know virginia beach when it's just not uh. going well and we're all like watching each other and and uh watching how bad it's going those are the, the those those fun moments and like i think what what i love the most especially for both of you, but like w- w- with Daryl watching shows not go well and, and the, the British sense of discomfort that comes from, <laughs> from that, it was, it was amazing to see because mm-hmm. I'm as a comedian, I've seen so many comedians bomb and that's, it's part of life. You find a way to find joy in that. And then when it, so when there were probably like two rough shows that we had, and the, from the first time it happened to the, the you know, Daryl being super uncomfortable to when it happened again and him finding, finding humor in it, finding joy in other people's suffering, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. like the discomfort, his discomfort, the audience's discomfort. And you can't do anything but laugh because it, it's that, that's what's great about live comedy is that it, it's a, 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 a frozen moment in time that only those people get to experience. Uh, you know, even if you, you, you watch a comedy special, you don't feel the same feeling as if you're sitting in that crowd and, and watching that performer. So his level of, of discomfort to, 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 and pain <laughs> to, to find, then finding a silver lining and finding being ways to laugh at it at, at the misery of, of what ca- comedy can be was uh, probably one of some of my favorite moments. I mean, one of my favorite moments was Virginia Beach, because if, if people don't know the Virginia Beach Funny Bone, the, the, the green room is upstairs on the balcony area. So there's like a balcony overlooking the show. Uh, and you know, what, a what a view to watch <laughs> you and your friends, Bob, <laughs> I mean, it's a bird's eye view to watch members of an audience just have full regret of buying this ticket. <laughs> and like some, one of our fans from New York happened to be there and was like sitting in the front row, a family got up and hated yep. it and left the show and complained because they thought it was going to be all jokes about soccer, which is like, why, why would you want to sit through an hour and a half of that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. But I, at one point, Daryl looks over at me as it's just going as bad as it can. I mean, the only thing that would have made it worse is the audience decided to do their own show during it. <laughs> it was the only thing that would have made it worse. And during that, Daryl looks over at me and he goes, and he meant it in a way of like, he goes, so what do we do now? Like, but yeah. he was like, do we go downstairs and apologize? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he meant it in like, how do we, <laughs> how do we handle this moving forward so that these people know we also feel bad about what happened? He wants to reconcile. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was such an honest moment. And that's when I realized like, there's, there's something that happens to a comedian where you're like, you know what? Who cares? This is my act. If you don't like it, that's fine. Someone will tomorrow, you know? And and he had this thing of like we it was like this so genuine like we didn't deliver anything you know yeah. never mind a good show so I was like yeah let's go apologize to the owner jokingly and he was like should we and I was like no they <laughs> sold <laughs> drinks <laughs> everyone got what they wanted except the audience 
Yeah, that does not surprise me. That was that was how he felt. I think we had a similar ish conversation when we were in Kansas City, which I thought was like a good show overall. The problem was that I believe at the time, uh, like uh, FC Kansas City was still there. There were Swope Park Rangers and Sporting KC all had home games, I think, that night. Yeah, it was so an open had, cup. They had an open cup. Yeah. 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 So we had a very small audience in a very large room. And I think we had that same conversation of like, do we tip people? Do we need to do something? Because there are a lot of servers standing around not looking happy. Uh, yeah. So I think it, that is a good a good lesson in uh, sort of knowing your own limitations and learning how to uh, operate within them. But I also think, Christian, to your point, like there's like a Vin Scully quote that's like losing feels worse than winning feels good. And that's an extreme version of it. But it is true that like I remember like the Atlanta and Chicago shows like very fondly for the people that were there, both in the audience and on stage. But I also do have very specific memories of Virginia Beach for that probably exact same reason. So I'm glad that we all bonded over Virginia Beach. Oh, dude, when I think of Atlanta, I get this warm comfort, you know, just like how amazing. And then all of a sudden I feel a chill up my spine. and It's it's a breeze coming directly from Virginia Beach. (laughs) Paul F. Tompkins has that joke that like, uh, every now and then he just remembers he never has to go to school again and he gets this wave of relief of like, oh, I don't have to do any more assignments. That's so good. Do you all ever have that wave of relief about not going to Virginia Beach? Yes. <laughs> never Look, again. Anytime I'm like doing a, a, a show between New York and California, I'm just <laughs> like, I don't know what to expect because it could be anything, right? I, like I'm not from those, you know, I, I come from a very uh, progressive and liberal liberal area. So like you, you, you have a general sense of who is going to be in the crowd, what jokes are going to sort of work. Um, like I, re- I remember I used to do a joke about, uh, about Barack Obama and it was like a sarcastic joke that sort of made fun of the fact that, you know, uh, conservatives w- were making fun of Barack Obama. And in New York, people were laughing at like, oh, crazy. How crazy are Republicans? Are you, am I right? And then, but in those, uh, when I went to more conservative areas, they would be like, yeah, that's hilarious. You're right, because we say that about him. And I'm like, all right, well, no, you're not laughing for the right reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you never know what to expect. And and But that's the... The gamble. I mean, I think that's why we are stand-up comedians, and and there is a we like the we like not knowing what's going to happen, right? We get we get up on stage and we don't know. We have to win over this audience, and and the 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 joy in of that is like we get to do that, and also talk to like-minded people who are also soccer fans. But soccer fans are uh, all-encompassing. They could be from any, you know, they could be very diverse politically, racially, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And 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 so it's like this other hurdle that we also have to kind of uh, get over. But it's but when you do get over it, how how fulfilling and and uh, you know rewarding is it, right? And also to to just mention, like we talk a lot about this tour because. For us, it was also kind of cool to see. I mean, a little annoying at times, but it was kind of cool to see. Like, we get off stage, Christian and I, like, especially like Chicago, like, let's use that as an example. Dude, we, maybe not Chicago because we didn't have a lot of time to talk to the audience, but there were moments where Christian and I walked off stage after like having incredible sets. And we would get off. And at the end of the show, people would come to us like, yo, that was funny. I'm like, thanks. And they go, Dude, I got to finally meet Taylor and Daryl. I've never seen them before in person. I'm like, talk to me a little bit more about me for one second <laughs> and then get to these guys, will you? <laughs> yeah. And, and just to add to that, like, uh, how, how 
amazing you guys were on the tour uh, was just so, so impressive. Like uh, the, you know, I, I can imagine being on a comedy club stage for the first time in your in your lives must have been a, a little bit jarring. I, I know you guys were like nervous, but uh, and I mentioned it before, but like from the first show to the last show, you guys became like, you know, working comedians, right? You you guys were just uh, more uh, uh, confident, more uh, 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 poised on stage. You knew like this is this is what I'm going to do. You knew how to you guys knew how to like work with each other. You weren't uh, you know nervous about being in front of a crowd at, at one point. By the time we got to uh, Atlanta, you guys were owning uh, the stage and it was genuinely beautiful to see. It was like watching a child crawl, uh, then, then walk and then like, you know, uh, score a game winning goal <laughs> by the end of it. It was really, really great. And you guys signed a comedy club wall. How insane is that? Yeah. Uh, it's so insane that I was not prepared for it and I'm still mildly embarrassed by my message because it was just like, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like what, it's like what a toddler would write on a wall, I think, except with more cursing. Yeah, no, you I definitely will, did a, uh, what, like a yearbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely ended with have a good summer for sure. <laughs> K-I-T. Uh, hey, everybody. Much, much, much. Much more still to come from the Cooligans. That should not come as a surprise for people who have heard them on our show before. Uh, but first, I wanted to let you know that this episode of the Total Soccer Show is brought to you by Hims. Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. It's time to write a new chapter, say Hims, one in which you have hair. Because 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age of 35. Of course, once you've noticed that thinning, it can be too late. So while you have the time, why not? take action, but why not take action that will work as opposed to action that is provided by, say, snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements? Instead, why not utilize licensed medical providers and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss? 4 connects you to licensed medical professionals online, which could save you hours and is completely confidential and discreet. All you do is answer a few quick questions. A medical professional will review, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe your medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Again, quick confidential, discreet, but medically real. Today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with the results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, our listeners can get their first visit absolutely free by going to 4 slash total soccer. That's 4 slash total soccer. Here's the disclaimer. Full refund of price paid available for first 90 days supply. Refund request must be made between 90 and 180 days after product shipment delivered. Prescription products require an online consultation with a medical professional who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. But remember, that's for hymns.com slash total soccer. Thank you very much to Hims for sponsoring today's episode. Now back to the Cooligans. I will say weirdly, like on a on a personal level, the the thing that was like, like and I apologize, I cannot remember the uh, the gentleman's name, but the like. Mo- like the kind of key moment for me was in that first show was as we were walking up on stage, there was a dude sitting in like the front row who had a U.S. national team jersey on. And as we walked up, I realized he had an Ethan Finley jersey on. And that was just so hysterical to me that I think the very first thing I said on stage was like, so were you just like give me the jersey of any white guy? And it led to like a good little back and forth. But I think that was like for me a moment of like, all right, we could just kind of do the show, but like have a little bit more interaction. It'll be fine. Uh, but you all definitely... I think if we're going to do like mutual appreciation society, I think the only reason why we were able to feel confident or eventually feel confident on stage is because you all 
like before, after, during, constantly praising, constantly keeping the energy up. Uh, and I'm assuming part of that is just like that's what you have to do to get through a comedy set is to like maintain that belief. But you all afterwards, you'd give notes here and there, but they were always really constructive. And most of the time it was just like, y'all did so great. Now that was awesome when we were doubting ourselves. So it's I think not that a is... part of it. It's not a part of it. And you guys were legitimately that good. So uh, <laughs> sorry about my dog. <laughs> What's up, Nutmeg? How's yeah. Nutmeg doing? Nutmeg's like, y'all were trash. <laughs> <laughs> Nutmeg's doing great. Uh, yeah, I'm still adjusting to this, having a dog uh, while I'm continue, continuing to work. So uh, apologies. No, well, let's, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about y'all continuing to work because I do want to talk about the show. I also want to talk about stand-up for a second because I'm going to assume, I'm going to go out of limb and say things are a little different for you all now than they were, let's say, in January of this year. How, like, what was the stand-up like scene, like, stand-up scene like as COVID first, as, like, lockdowns first start happening in late February, early March? And then how has it evolved until today? It is now we have to do shows outdoors. Uh, we are, uh, I am now, I just performed uh, in an alley on a bed of drug needles. Uh, it is getting pretty challenging. Uh, <laughs> but I kind of wish that was 100% true. <laughs> I can't tell if it is or not. There's a part of me that's like, maybe that is like a new like, avant garde stage or something. I don't know. Um, no, man, look, uh, Alexis has uh, performed uh, uh, outdoors a lot more than I have. I mean, I, um, you know, I, look, I just ha I have my own fears and concerns, uh, especially the, the uh, New York. Those first couple months were just terrifying. Right. I mean, there were so many people that, there were so many people getting sick, people I knew getting sick. Uh, I, I know of people who passed away. Um, it, it just became a, you know, a thing where. You know, stand up was not that important at the moment. And, you know, there were several months that, that no shows were going on. Um, and now that it's, it's, you know, in New York, they're taking it uh, much more seriously. And the, 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 I think the positivity rate is somewhere at like 1.5% right now, which is, I think, some probably the lowest in the country or, or close to. I genuinely uh, forgot you were talking about like testing for a second, and I just thought you meant like the percentage of positivity in this country. I was like, oh, yeah, one point five percent feels right. It feels right. Like, in New York, one point five percent would be a parade. That's pretty good. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> did they did everybody did a second stimulus check pass? What happened there? Did the Jets cease to exist? <laughs> no, so it, it's become a, a little safer. Like I, I'm doing a show on Halloween uh, uh, tomorrow, and and uh, but. I, look, it's not the same. I mean, it's just it, it just isn't. We're, we're we're kind of trying our best, and I feel like it feels like this is a a. There's a little bit of like it, it feels good uh, for for me. You know, I, I, all the comedians are like we, we. You know, we've lost our kind of sense of purpose uh, to some degree, and and it feels good to be able to do what 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 we love doing. And and there is it is kind of nice. To, you know, some audience members are like you know you know I thank you. I needed to laugh or you know a lot of people in the audience have. Either they they probably were sick or they lost someone or whatever. There's like there's so much going on that people do uh, uh, appreciate laughing sometimes, and it's weird for anyone. This how with we're obviously we're just clowns, and and people are like, look, when when we need you, we'll call you, and then and then, but when when there's too many of you. We don't give a shit about what you bring to the table. You know what I mean? So it it's nice to feel like a little bit appreciated, but not it, it, for me. It's like the fact that I get to perform. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I 
saw this. Uh, Sarah Silverman said this one in one special where she's like, you know, she'll tell a joke and she's like the, you know, the, the audience is, is watching her. And, hey, okay. Not make agrees. The audience is watching her and, and, and she's the yeah. show, but for, for the, for the performer, the show is the audience for us, you know, and they make us feel better when they validate something that we say or, or they laugh at something that we say. So there is that feeling of like, uh, oh, like this is I'm still doing what I'm what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. And I just want to piggyback on everything you said, which is uh, absolutely true. I have been doing more outdoor shows only because, uh, you know, like when I see that people are taking it seriously and I would ask a lot of them would tell you now, but a lot of them in the beginning, you could ask like, what are your safety precautions and how are you keeping the comedian safe and how are you keeping the audience safe? Which is a real concern for me. I'm not going to go do a show where, I mean, if people want to sit together and they want to, you know, poo poo the, uh, the, the social distancing that's on them. But if the audience, if they're like, we're just going to jam a bunch of chairs together, then no, then you're, you're doing a bad job as a producer. So I did definitely, sort of take that role but the one the only positive it is kind of cool to do shows outside it's weird to be like oh do i have comedy today let me check the weather you know i feel like i'm in school again is it a rain day <laughs> you know do we not have practice you know um so you, for, was, you, was your school dependent on weather <laughs> i mean i i went to school in a cardboard box so <laughs> yes <laughs> but like you know what i mean like you know school like you know if you have yeah. like uh, practice yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. but you know, I bought a scooter because my wife is using the car to get to the hospital because they almost don't even want her on the train. So if I can't, like, it's kind of cool. Like, if today I can't ride my scooter, who cares? Because I also don't have a show because everything is outside now. There's no more covers. You know, <laughs> everything is outdoors for me. But uh, the one positive that came out of this is like every set I've done, I've basically almost retired my entire act before COVID for the most part. A few stuff kind of pops into my head as I, you know, I'm on stage and I can't think of something. So I'll use a joke from before, but um, I'm not doing any jokes for any other reason than because I want to do the joke. Like there's no industry. I'm not trying to get like a six minute tape to send to, to the late mm -hmm. night shows or there's nothing there. There is no industry. It's literally just go do the jokes you want to do. Go have fun. And that hasn't happened since maybe my like sixth year in comedy where like I'm like, oh, I'm actually up here having a good time and saying whatever comes to my mind. And if a joke doesn't work, I don't feel bad about myself. There's no booker that I'm worried about. I'm just doing what I want to do. It feels oh, kind of cool. And I, look, and I'll just add it. it you're it's it's a little easier uh, to perform right now when you also have a TV show. Okay, yeah. you're a little bit more confident about your life and the jokes that you make. If a joke bombs, you're like, you know what? Well, I still have a job, uh, yeah. so it, it is kind of nice. And we, you know, we've never. Is that really... why I wear like, sunglasses during my entire set? <laughs> <laughs> it feels uh, a little a. Th there's a sense of uh, you know we've never really been in this position. It, we've been doing comedy eleven years, and this is the first time where we've had a stable job doing anything in like in comedy and and the fact that we got to do that through the soccer world is incredible it's insane it's like we we are insanely grateful but there is a a sense of like oh i i did the right thing you know i stuck to my guns i really i believed in what we were doing and and it worked out and it, it you know and then Things the rest of your life starts kind of falling, uh, you know, into place a, a little bit more. I have a couple more questions about 
uh, doing stand-up comedy right now, but I forgot that Alexis had the scooter. Alexis, you already cared a lot about food, specifically pizza and coffee. Now you're driving a scooter. Is your plan to just slowly transition into an Italian grandfather? <laughs> I have become Sebastian Maniscalco. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. It's I had it for two weeks before I really said anything. I, I didn't post about it because I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable and I want to keep this. Um, and two weeks in, my wife looks at me and she's like, did you only get this to go get sandwiches? <laughs> it's weird. There wasn't many shows when I first got it. I legitimately only used it to go get sandwich. I didn't realize that until she said that. I'm like, I got to do something else with this. I will be. I'm happy to say that I've added coffee to, to the sandwiches that I go get with it. So, Good. Uh-huh. all right. Um, and then, so you're diversifying your approach that way. In terms of diversifying your approach to comedy, do audiences want jokes about the pandemic? Do they want jokes about politics right now? Or when you use those, when you talk about those things, does there tend to be sort of fatigue and more quiet when those topics come up than there is laughter? I uh, People don't want anything to do with complaining about i think personally i think enough people are doing it it's like making a trump joke about mm-hmm. how how dumb he is and how stupid it is it's certainly gonna hit but people are kind of exhausted by it. they want to know how yeah. it's affecting you personally i think you know even covid is like oh now we got this f- disease like uh, alex pavone did a funny joke where he was like when i was a kid 2020 i thought we we're gonna have flying cars now i'm you know I'm uh, Lysoling uh, cucumber. What the hell happened? You know? <laughs> so, uh, what you call, like, I get like that kind of reaction to it as I think what people want because it's so, it's what's happening. Uh, Roy Wood Jr. was on our show and he said something in the commercial break, which changed it all for me. He's like, if you're still doing a joke about like Tinder or, yeah. you know, like that, he's like, you've lost it. You don't know what it's like to be a comedian anymore because that's not what the audience wants to hear about. People are losing their jobs, people are losing loved ones. Like, you need to talk about what's actually going through your mind and what's actually happening to you or how you're dealing with it or how your family's dealing with it or else you're not doing a service to them. If you go up there and do jokes that are from a world before COVID, you don't, you're not connecting with them as much as you could be. And that to me is like, I think the perfect thing. So like, if you're just bitching about like the, you know, the positivity rate or something like that, then I think you're missing the point or missing the chance to connect with you. I'm actually quite proud of the positivity rate. I think we're doing pretty well. So you get what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, I think it's it's specific to every show, right? If, if if seven comedians are on a show and five of them talk, talk about the, the pandemic, unless you have a very unique, unique take uh people are just going to be bored with it so it doesn't matter that there is a pandemic going on people just want to to be surprised in a different way and they 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 get bored people are bored of the pandemic like that's basically it it is you know when when everybody was like in these you know every commercial was starting in these unprecedented times well now the times are precedented and we need to start we need to get to unprecedented again so we need to figure out what that is going to be that's interesting because, like, uh, like I feel like SNL like sort of touches on it here and there, and sometimes it's a swing, and sometimes it's a, like I hit, sometimes it's a miss. I like the did y'all see the Adele fortune teller one from this past weekend. I did, I did not. not. No. Oh, it's it's just like she's telling the fortune of people in 2019, and one of them it's like it's the importance of washing a bag of chips that you and your boyfriend are going to break up because he didn't wash the bag of chips enough, and she was like, why. Why would I care about washing <laughs> chips in 2020? I don't understand. And yeah, I feel like there are ways to do it but for the most part if you're just sort of like hey everybody had this shared experience right i think if that shared experience is 
pretty negative and exhausting. I don't know if people then want to like reminisce and make jokes about a thing. I guess it stands in opposition to what we were talking about with Virginia Beach, but maybe the whole country didn't have to experience Virginia Beach bombing. So that's why. <laughs> I guess uh, I can't I do, do my joke the- about washing chips now. Damn it. I, should have watched <laughs> I swear to God, I have yeah. a joke about washing Doritos. Damn it. <laughs> do you, wait for real yes <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe they uh they knew you were going to use it and and stole it you should they, definitely uh throw some shade at adele and it see is how par that for the course i've heard anyway <laughs> so oh boy so you all have uh i kind of want to hear more about that but instead i'm going to ask about your show instead of somebody else's we've talked about how you all do stand up your approach to stand up how has the pandemic changed the way you all been doing the show because we were on it what at the very end of february we were up in new york for the uh, mls turning 25 celebration when it was all going to be fun times and mm-hmm. now here we are and now and now mls is 42 years old it's <laughs> 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 been a wild year man oh, right. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not gonna talk politics right now but i i did text my wife earlier like hey remember when that happened and it felt like 15 years ago and was like nine months ago but anyway in terms of the show what have you all had to do and how challenging was it at first or are you all sort of professional enough that it was just like yeah now we're just recording from the living room and it's fine no at first the network was like hey let's just take a break these two weeks and get back in the studio (laughs) and and when everyone thought it was just going to be two weeks to help you know flatten the curve and i said to christian i was like we've never missed a wednesday in five years let's not do it now so we were like hey i told i told the network like hey we're going to record one you know we could film ourselves and just give you the footage and you could do whatever. And luckily, the head of the network uh, was like, well, let's figure out a way if we could maybe do it remotely. And then that way we can kind of help produce it. So it's not, I mean, part of the reason they wanted to produce it is so that they don't have to find a way to cut in commercials. They can lead us in and out of commercials uh, so that all the different networks they give it to uh, can put in their own uh, commercials. So they kind of have to do it by by actual time code. So I was like, yeah, we'll figure it out. And we did everything from Christian was trying to figure out OBS and trying to like almost produce the show himself. And, uh, you know, it was causing issues with people's cameras and uh, Fafa Pico, who's with FC Dallas, like his camera kept zooming in and out. And like we couldn't figure out why. And and then eventually, like one day at like 2, 2.30 in the morning, I'm researching something better than OBS. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what is it? Is there something out there that's a service for this? And we found really quickly, Alexis, what is OBS for people like myself who don't know what you're saying? Open broadcasting, open broadcaster software. It is a thing where everybody who's on Twitch, this is what they're using to broadcast themselves. Ah, I also don't know what it is. So (laughs) don't ask me. I just know Christian uses it. It's like, yeah, there's there's a bunch of different services like Streamlabs. uh, There's several things, but OBS is like the open source, the free one that everybody generally uses. Uses. So we, I think at 2.30 in the morning or something, I happen to find this website that's like an aggregator of lists and it says like better than OBS and it listed all these other ones and one did video and had like a production piece to it. So I shot it over to, to the head writer at like 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, hey, I know you guys are thinking of using this other thing, but hey, consider this. And it, it like allowed us to do the show and it like, you know, the network now uses it for all the different stuff. But as of two weeks ago, we just passed more episodes done remotely than in studio. So it's like at this point we've wow. been, yeah, we have been remote longer than we ever were inside of a studio with our TV show. It's like, it's kind of like, this is now the norm and we're trying to figure out ways to maybe get Christian and I alone in the same room, you know, 
uh, romantically. No, the intimacy is definitely missing. You know, what I mean? you know, it's just, I don't feel as connected, uh, <laughs> But no, like to get us in a room and like maybe allow them to pr- to produce it remotely still like there's we're trying to figure out different ways of of adjusting to it. I mean, it's all kind of week by week, essentially. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24 seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So you said you don't feel as connected, which is like obviously a thing that many, many people are feeling right now, but also for what you all do seems so important. And you all are still doing uh, great interviews, many great interviews. Does that impact the style and your approach that you're not in the same room? You can't quite kind of feel the energy of the person. Are they really enjoying it? Is it a little bit awkward? Do you change it up at all? Or are you still kind of doing the same interviews in the same way? We're, I, I would say it, they, they still feel pretty similar. There isn't like, I, I mean, just the other day, I, I, I you know, I rewatched the episode uh, when, when you and Daryl were, were on the show. And the one thing that's clear that's missing is really the sense of timing of how I yeah. I, I watch it and I see myself, I see my brain reacting so quickly. And, and that is be, I'm just because of the, the nature of doing anything remotely. And, and when you're hearing something and when you're seeing something, there's just a slight delay, even if it's a couple milliseconds. And in comedy, you sort of that's the one thing that you notice that, that there's there's a little bit of a lag. Um, luckily, like it's 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 worked out like it hasn't been that bad and and it hasn't, I haven't, it hasn't taken away from like the life of the show, but that's the one thing that I wish, uh, you know, even when we have guests, having a guest in studio, having a guest in front of you, like when, whenever you deal with some sort of technical issue, you, and you're dealing with a guest, uh, maybe a player that is like not maybe a little bit shy or a little uncomfortable. Like we, we can't make them comfortable as fast. Until, uh, you know, if uh, while we're doing that remotely, like if they were just in front of us, it would be easier to build a rapport. But we've we've managed to, to figure it out. I mean, I, I can't even really think of a, a bad interview that we had um, during this time while we've been doing remote shows. They've been all super fun. And and we, we try our best to kind of like lay the groundwork and say, like, hey, this is a comedy show. Yeah, we're not going to be talking uh, about formations and, and and the stuff that you would talk about on TSS. We frankly do not care. Uh, we're just trying to have a good time and sort of get to know you. And uh, and and it's worked out. So uh, I, I've been proud of the the fact that not only ca- that we've been able to continue doing shows, but that you know, frankly, this we get messages from people that are like, "Thank you so much for continuing to do your show." It's still. Yeah brings me a lot of uh, joy and a lot of positivity and I get to laugh during this very difficult time. And in, in those like first three months of the lockdown, we were getting uh, a lot of that because people didn't know what their lives were going to even look like. Yeah. And I'll say like, if you know, like they say like championship teams, uh, which I'm gonna call it uh, what, like it's that little extra thing that puts them over the top. And I think mm-hmm. it, you know, not to call us a championship team, but give us a parade already. I think uh, Christian and I, I think if, Here's here's the list. Like us being able to do the show is third. Second would be the two of us in a room together and doing the interviews remotely. And then the number one would be 
everyone in the room together. So yeah. I think there's still a level or two to go. And I know that for 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 the most part, we're probably not going to be able to get to that number one. But I think if we're if we're at ninety five percent right now, it's that additional five percent is just Christian and I being in the room, working off of each other's body language, being able to like I could like you know nudge him with an elbow or something like you know a great, like tap his leg or something like when you know a joke is like I can tell he's about to say something super hilarious. Like those little things are what encourage humor to continue going, especially the way that he and I riff off each other. And I think we've been able to find you know, our tone and we've been able to find our voices and doing it remotely. And I think it's still two really funny people trying to talk um, over each other for the most part. But I think, uh, <laughs> I think if we were in a room together, I think it would certainly be a bit more cohesive, but again, you know, that can't happen for a while. So it is what it is. I, and I feel like, like for me, knowing you all, but also as a listener, I think it is the case that you all like who you are on the show is who you are in person. And that authenticity is so important because like, for example, I saw the clip you all posted of your interview with, is it Haley Raso or Rasso? I always get it wrong. Rasso. Thank you. Like, and you all were kind of like, like, uh, like dogging Vegemite a little bit and making fun of how it tastes. And like, and there was a moment when I saw her reaction of sort of like, like it looked like shock of like, Oh wow. Like they're really making fun of this thing that I enjoy. <laughs> and I think for some people, this is a bad example of like gotcha journalism, but like for some people, I think that would feel like, oh, these guys were really nice. And suddenly they're like making fun of this thing I like to eat. I don't really want to do this. But I think the sort of genuine like vibe that you all give off doesn't end up feeling like gotcha or that you're actually making fun of it. It feels more like, oh, you're like you're bringing that person into the circle to have them be a part of it and then they can talk trash to you all or whatever. And I think that goes a long way. But I do then want to ask, are there people who don't vibe with that? Are there people who have been a little bit more like, oh, I didn't know what I was getting into with this one. And oh, maybe Ro some rise to the occasion, maybe some don't. Rose Lavelle, when you talk about Skyline Chili, uh, she does she, not. <laughs> she no. did not like that. No, no, I mean, I'm joking. <laughs> she, she was just the most taken aback. I think, Alexis, if, look, if you are a person who likes a particular food uh, and don't want it to be trash, do not come on our show because Alexis nope. has no <laughs> respect for that. But I'm going to do it with facts. So. <laughs> okay. so, but, so I, I think for her, because uh, she, I, she had not done too many like interviews and, and things like that. And I think it was right before the World Cup was like her first time really um, being uh, kind of out, out in public like that. And then, for one of you know the first interview she does is to have like her favorite childhood food trashed by this mm -hmm. new york comedian <laughs> it was probably like a little bit jarring but she laughed along with it it was like fun i i think for the most part well you know we we're clear like we're, we're stand-up comedians we're we're not here to make anyone look bad i mean we we've been in situations yeah. where uh especially younger players say something that we think will be a little bit like not negative or or you know but or hurtful to their career per se but like this could be misconstrued and we we cut it out even with we don't even tell them we just say like look mm -hmm. this pro I, I just i know the context of like comedy and what words matter and what is is significant so we we say like you know what they are probably not old enough to understand how people will perceive what they're trying to say and and they couldn't get the, the point out exactly yeah you know, in, in like a, a very clear way. So we're just going to take the, this out because it's not, it's not beneficial for us as like for the sake of comedy and it's not beneficial to them for the sake of their career. We're, we're here to make people look good and to, to show uh, uh, like a, hu a humorous side that we don't get to see from soccer players. And that's really the, I think the biggest disservice that American soccer 
has uh, to to its to its fan base is that we don't get to know who these people are, mm-hmm. uh, and, and from on a personal level, like you in England, you'll see uh, um, uh, you know Manchester United players or, or uh, you know City players or Arsenal players on on late night shows, and and they get to do things where they're they're not talking about football all day and things like that. So that that's all we're trying to bring to the table. That's really interesting. I also think it's really interesting. Like when Alexis, especially, I think doesn't necessarily care about like institutions. Like I remember going to a pizza place on the road and the person who took us there, I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible. was like, this is the best. And Alexis did not really uh, pull punches on that one. And I think it sounds like that's how it was. Uh, That is correct. Yeah, (laughs) That is the worst pizza experience I've ever had in my life. (laughs) So, but this is what I mean is like, and I think for Rose Lavelle, my guess is that if you grow up thinking that Skyline Chili is the best, Everybody around you eats Skyline Chili. It is the best thing to kind of then like have somebody say, like, no, it's not that good. It is a little bit jarring. To be honest, and I am unintentionally taking us back to a heavy point, is like I am from Richmond, Virginia, moved away, moved back. I like it here. I think it's a good city. And when you all were here, just pointing out the number of like at the time, all the monuments still up and there's like, oh, that's the slave burial ground. Oh, that's the slave jail. It's just like, oh, there is a lot of that that we haven't really dealt with and it was a strange moment for me of like oh yeah like i was just sort of like yeah that's just how it is that's just up it's it's weird but it is and you all sort of being the outsiders and not being raised in that institution and how sort of like shocking it was was i think for me a moment of like oh yeah no that is truly i'm, I'm gonna edit myself since i've edited you all so much that is truly a f-ed up thing that i had not really <laughs> thought about until that exact moment so well look those interviews look, I, like while they're awkward can be really useful why taylor, are you I, getting upset I, I, look i just want to say i'm glad that taylor you've realized that uh skyline chili is the confederate monument of restaurants <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad we all sorted that out um, i'm sure rose will enjoy <laughs> your yelp review I think, by the way, that that's a joke, Look, everyone. It uh, is a joke. We're joking, obviously. Here, I mean, we, is, are, I remember, we are, but I will say, I went to school in Kentucky. Uh, there were many people from North, uh, northern Kentucky slash uh, Cincinnati. I'm not a big fan of Skyline Chili, so I have no problem trashing that publicly. <laughs> I've also, I actually know that there's better chili pasta, whatever they call it, in spots in Cincinnati than Skyline. Skyline's like a McDonald's. True. But um, I remember you getting kind of upset when I was like, what? Like, cause yeah. I reacted shocked cause I come from, you know, the Northeast where like, I, there are, you know, monuments to, to, to slavery, mm-hmm. but they're like, you know, you don't think about them because we're the North, you know, like, what are you talking about? Like, this is where mm-hmm. people escape too. you know, we're the good ones. So like when you, when you see that it was like kept up and you're like, why, why would you? And of course you want to remember it, but it just, it was jarring more than anything to be told. I'm like, how come there's no buildings over here? You know, like, I was like, why'd you leave this area blank? I'm like, dumb designers, you know? And you're like, no, actually, that's something to do with slavery. I was like, what? And I remember you saying like, dude, we're not all like that. And I'm like, I don't think you are. It's just shocking to hear that it's still like, it's there, like for you to see. It's like being reminded that something really bad happened. But I'm sure, you know, someone comes to New York and sees Ground Zero has that infinity pool. Your first thought would be like, what a horrific moment. Cover that up. And we're like, no, you need to remember those moments. So I mm-hmm. think for me, it was just jarring because I we, they didn't talk about that at school. They didn't talk about like there's still stuff down there that you could go see like what it actually was like like even washington square park which is a small smallish park in new york like we all know that's where people got like criminals were hanged and it's like you know 
Yeah, oh yeah, right here. This is where everyone got hung, you know? And you're mm-hmm. like, you say that because it's not there anymore. Like if if the thing was still there, you know, yep. you'd be like, ah, you know? Yeah, true, <laughs> true, true. No, yeah, I think I think you're totally right. And like I think growing up in the South, though, there is this, and I would say like like growing up in the South, but objecting to a lot of Southern history, like there is a defensiveness. And I think a lot of times when we have friends from New York or the North come down and like, I grew up listening, how many bad comedians have you heard make Southern jokes? And I think there's this instant, like, no, we're not like that. Like, it's not like that. And, and you kind of want to respond to that. So I feel like, yeah, when you were like, like dogging Richmond a little bit, I had this like, like, ah, but like, you know, the North has racism too. Let's not like, let's not be, it's called Staten uh, Island and Boston. We know, (laughs) we know it's there. So that yeah, but no, but then it, it's a strange cycle of like on the one hand being defensive about like look like there have been a lot of great strides and people are doing great things and like like whatever I don't want to necessarily cast aspersions one way or the other depending on your beliefs but then it is sort of looking at it again and being like yeah that monument doesn't need to be there and that is really really weird it has been a a, a nice time to exist in this city and see like actual change happening I think I think it's happening no no but to- th- th- this uh this summer as I mean obviously yeah. with uh, uh, you know the 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 murder of George uh, Floyd uh, Jacob Blake like mm-hmm. ju- the 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 the, sh- the shooting of Jacob Blake but the fact that there's been uh it it, it was interesting because just you know a short amount of time before that we were in richmond and kind of experiencing that and seeing that and we had that like uh uh, we we were taken aback and then to see these these statues being taken down uh and to see those changes i think you know it it takes uh these horrible tragedies uh, to happen so many it sucks that it takes all these tragedies happening so many times over and over for people to 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 accept like Oh well, maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. Maybe this is not the way to uh, to to be uh, uh, supportive, or maybe this is like maybe we, we we need to be more introspective about how we feel about race and and this country's mm-hmm. history. Um, so that that part, when I was seeing that, honestly, I I got a, a bit emotional knowing. Even th- and thinking about you as well, and thinking about the conversations that we did have when I saw statues coming down in Richmond or, or or them being you know vandalized, I'm like, yo, this is beautiful. This is beautiful oh, to yeah. see because the the it, it is finally people kind of saying like and and having a little bit of, of courage to say we have a history that is uh, that we don't want to continue passing down generation after generation. And it's not necessary and it's not doing anything positive to, to, to create this America that, that we say that we want where, where it is inclusive and it is, uh, uh, you know, where everyone does have an opportunity to succeed. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was just great. That's it. Yeah, I think what what I mean, like not to take us into an even serious path, but I'm sort of going to and then I'll try to get us out of it is when I say like, I hope that's a sign of change is just that like, there are, in my opinion, institutionalized reasons why those went up in the first place and why it was so difficult to get them to come down. And though they have come down, I don't know if the institutional divisions that exist are necessarily being rectified yet. And that's sort of where I get my concern is like, there's a reason why like historic, like historically black neighborhoods didn't get that much attention for a very long time in this city. And it does feel like some of that is being addressed, but it it does feel like we have a decent ways to go. With all that said, it is nice to see those sort of like really obvious changes happening so that when the cooligans show back up, they're less concerned about that, even though I think Gunny will still probably be around because they're still 
plenty of Second Amendment in this that's, state. Yeah, that's sure. where that's where Gunny was uh, born. <laughs> he was. Yeah, Gunny was born. Conceived, but, but, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. I want to go. Get us back to your show for a moment, because with everything that we've talked about. I do think, as an example, if I came on your show and said, like, hey, you know, like last time we were on your show, we talked a little bit about like Virginia and the South. I don't really want to talk about that so much. Would you guys mind if we avoided it? At some point, you're either, I feel like one of you is either going to ask me deliberately about like the South or what's happening, or more likely Alexis would go like Southern food and be like, oh, so you're from the South, right? You like grits? But either way, I think both of you find ways to talk about things that maybe people don't necessarily want to. And I'm wondering if that is a deliberate thing, if that is something you all try to do in your interviews, or if it just happens organically, or in Alexis's case, if it's just like, if you tell him not to do something, it's going to happen. It's the only thing in my brain. Uh, (laughs) One of my favorite moments was uh, uh, I, I don't want to say his name but let's say it's a famous comedian uh, let's say Dave Chappelle's uh, brother performs and is not not nearly as known and we'll say his name is Bob Chappelle right and I, I so this happened right there was a comedian and I said hey what do you want me to say he said whatever you say don't say Dave right mm-hmm. and I went up and I was like I, of course I wouldn't is I, this comedian deceased no 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 so okay. uh, and I'm like giving like this huge yada yada dog it's super funny keep it going for Dave I mean Bob oh, Chappelle no. <laughs> and everyone was like <gasps> you know because they just heard the name of the yeah. famous comedian and I was mm-hmm. like ah oh, and the guy hated me it's just like if you tell me not to say something that's now the last thing in my head and all I'm doing is don't say Bob or don't say Dave don't say Dave don't say Dave what's gonna come out of my mouth is Dave but. I think whenever we we ask everyone, is there something you don't want to talk about? And the only time that we're very purposely not going to talk about it, or I'll say like, yo, we'll ask you about it and you can just gloss over it if you want, because that usually gives us an out to say at least the thing and to tell our audience like, look, we tried, you know, Um, but if it's going to mess up their money, we will stay away from it. You know what I mean? Like if it's a contractual thing or if it's some type of insider info, I'm like, I'm not going to up their bag. Uh, Sorry, I'm swearing. I'm not going to mess up their bag for that purpose i like that you already swore apologize for it and then went right back to it (laughs) but it's fine don't worry about it bag isn't the curse i the f word (laughs) is the part but um yeah like if somebody says like oh i'm not really that comfortable talking about that i'll say look we'll ask you you could just say like i don't want to talk about it i'm like because you know we gotta ask and they'll be like yeah and i hope that we make you feel comfortable enough or at least you are comfortable enough that you'll be like you know what now i do want to talk about it yeah, or I'll yeah. make one of your favorite food, you know, whatever. <laughs> you pick your poison. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would say, what I call the food you eat. <laughs> I, I would say the, yeah, we do have those conversations uh, with guests. I, you know, the, the, the plan usually isn't ever to talk to, make someone talk about something they don't want to talk about. It, it, I, we never think about it that way. We're, we're not really trying to get scoops uh, or anything where we don't consider ourselves, you know, journalists uh, by any means. I think the, you know, sometimes it's shocking. Like the other, uh, a couple months ago, we had Kyle Martino on the show and he talked that he recently, he was recently divorced, mm-hmm. talked about his divorce. Then it gets, picked up by like people magazine because he's obviously yeah. he was married to uh, uh, Susan Sarandon's daughter uh, uh so she's a, uh, an actress uh Eva Amari Eva Amari yeah and so she's obviously you know a figure a public figure and so that part of it was like weird where it's like you know the Cooligans. Uh, you know, Cal Martino recently appeared on the Cooligans talking about his. Ma- and it's like, well, all right, this we're, we're in people. This is weird. Uh, so, so that part of it is we, we don't really think about that. But even that conversation with with Kyle, we were like, hey, Kyle, you know, you when people are very public about their lives, I'll say like, hey, uh, is it okay if we talk about this? I know this is a sensitive subject, but you have, you know, you've 
put this out into the world? Is it okay if we talk about it? So I would never ask you know, someone if they are completely private about something and then ask if they want to talk about it or, 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 or try to nudge them in, in, in that direction. It's like we, our show is a comedy show before it is a soccer show where we've always been a hundred percent honest about that. And if, if you're not laughing uh, during our show, that's when we are not doing our jobs. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Hey folks, this is Taylor from the Total Soccer Show reminding you that we are inching ever closer to the start of the summer transfer window, which means there are teams that will buy and sell their players early, there are teams that will leave that business very late, and there are teams that will operate in between. But no matter what, it's going to be a chaotic situation, there's going to be offers coming through willy-nilly, there's going to be transactions to be tracked and processed and make sure that enough money is there, there's going to be probably angry clubs calling to complain, there are many things to deal with, and unfortunately for those clubs, there is no sort of business tool that makes things easier, makes transactions simpler, gets the business done efficiently and effectively, but for the small businesses around the globe, there is such a service, Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek kits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And I really appreciate that about Shopify. No matter how big you are, no matter how fast you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. That's as many countries as will be selling players in the transfer window this summer. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash TSS, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash TSS now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash TSS. Today's episode is brought to you by our old friends, Mac Weldon. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have things both ways, like a zero-calorie cheeseburger, internet ads in March that weren't just reminders to do your taxes, a dog that never needs walking after midnight when it's cold, a Manchester United that is consistently good instead of their current scattershot approach? Well, we tend to think of clothing as an either-or situation as well. People think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But it's possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. 
From their light as air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I got a few things recently, including a long sleeve polo, which I love, uh, maybe the most comfortable t-shirt, which I also love, and my new favorite sweatpants, the Ace sweatpant. It's exactly what I described above, comfort and versatile, but still stylish. It's the type of sweatpant I can wear to pick up my kids from daycare and not think, I'm now wearing sweatpants in public. The other parents will judge me. Now I just think, judge away, nerds, because you will never be this comfortable unless you're also wearing a pair, in which case, high five. Mack Weldon is not flashy. It's just classic, always in style, and made from the world's most comfortable performance materials. They're designed to fit both your style and the demands of modern life. So get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code TSS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code TSS to get 20% off your first order. Thank you to Mack Weldon for sponsoring today's episode. We should then talk about a little bit about maybe soccer itself. Uh, Alexis is an Arsenal fan, Christian an Everton fan. Top of the table, baby! Yeah, I, I was going to say, since Everton are top of the table, I feel like, Christian, we should start with you. How, how are you feeling about the start of your season and that Everton squad right now? I mean, the fact that we, uh, we, get, we pick up points, usually, and red cards every game is a little bit concerning. Um, but look, the... Uh, look, who who knew that uh, James uh, Rodriguez getting to the team was going to uh, kind of re-energize his team as, as much as it has? How Ed great is it? Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, a good, yeah, good sense. But no, idea. that that Everton midfield is just so uh, uh, fun to watch, and, and and not necessarily more fun to watch than other teams uh, because I, I do think other teams are. Uh, a bit more fun to watch overall, but the 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 level of improvement from last year to this year, uh, or the the last few years to this year is is astronomical. I mean, the uh, Ducure uh, uh, and and Alan uh, to have them there and, and be strong presences in uh, in the midfield and, and just. And, and allow Hamas to kind of just roam the midfield and pick passes apart. You see, he's, he's constantly switching to to uh, Richarlison. They they are playing with a sense of style and confidence that I have not seen Everton play with in a long time. So, are you guaranteeing, guaranteeing a Premier League title? Then is that what I'm hearing? Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have like as you mentioned the red cards uh some other issues there what are the big ones that have you feeling a little bit nervous are there things you'd like to see changed in january or is it just about squad consistency and finding I, a way to win i think there are no there's not much depth in uh there's not much depth to the team as far as players that have uh that can keep the offensive chemistry going right seamus coleman uh injured so he missed the game, and and uh, I forgot the new the new guys Ben something. Uh, I, I forgot. His, so they they they're having players play out of position a little bit, right? The center backs playing uh, uh out, playing as outside backs, which is you can sort of see that there's there's a little bit of discomfort there. Um, you know, the, defensively, I think they're they're fine with depth, right? If somebody in the midfield uh, gets injured, uh, Tom Davies can come in and and, and do his job, but. You know, we Richarlison uh, got that red card. Uh, you know, and we discussed it on our show. The three, three match bans for red cards in uh, in the Premier League should uh, the rules should be changed specifically for Everton. Uh, they should not. <laughs> they should not be allowed to <laughs> miss players for that amount of time. Lucas Digne also got a red card recently on on 
on a something that does not deserve three matches banned. But you know, okay. So that's the frustrating part. Is it, right now it is the depth. I, I don't know how if we can continue to stay, in the next three weeks if we're still in first place, we're taking the title, baby. Which is bringing you more joy right now, Alexis? I do have questions for you, but I'm I'm excited to hear Christian talk happily about his team. Is, is Nutmeg more enjoyable to you or Everton right now? <laughs> Ooh, that's who do a... you love more? <laughs> look, I'm a, look. If I'm... a bus is headed for <laughs> for Everton <laughs> and Nutmeg, and it can only you're driving it, and you can only steer one way. Look, I, look my girl brakes don't work, <laughs> and oh, your girl is standing right behind you. Oh, you are. Are you reading the screenplay for? Speed because this is I feel like the exact speed <laughs> seven. Uh, look, I've known Everton longer. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> How about this? How about this? If if you have the opportunity of like a a fully funded, fully financed Netflix special or Everton winning the Premier League, which one are you taking? Oh man. Oh, I, what will bring? No, I mean, look, the Netflix. So you're driving a bus hurling towards your career <laughs> or Everton. <laughs> look, I, I, I cannot put, uh, you know, I'm not going to, uh, uh, you know, go all in on Everton. You know, I'm not willing to to risk everything I've 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 built and, and, and uh, you know, the, the little money I have. Um, I, look, I, I, I'm, I'm excited uh, about the, the fact that that. They, they've made the changes that they need to make. So just getting Carlo Ancelotti is insane, right? And the fact that yep. uh, that the, the team is like now being talked about. You you watch NBC Sports and, and you and you're watching the Premier League coverage, and they're like, and Tim Howard's there. Like, how serendipitous is all this, right? Oh uh, yeah. And the fact that they they like they have to talk about Everton, and when Everton lost to Southampton, they're like. You know, they they talk. You know, Rebecca Lowe was like, "Well, what happened to Everton today?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Not not Everton again. What are you gonna expect? You know, like they they're like they're like surprised that Everton didn't play well uh, after winning every game uh, this this season so far. So I I'm I'm just ex- excited about that. The, the fact that there is a, a level of not only consistency but there's really an expectation of now like, like we could be in Champions League. Should be nuts. Uh, all right, so Everton could be in Champions League. Uh, uh, Christian would be very, very happy about that, I'm assuming, although he did, I, I, I feel like, adeptly dodge both of my awkward questions about his dog <laughs> and his Netflix career. Yeah. Uh, Alexis Just like is he wouldn't dodge nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> I love my dog. He's a good dog. <laughs> you can always get another one. You can't get another Everton. <laughs> uh, Alexis is obviously an Arsenal fan, so we're going to talk about Chelsea. Does that sound good, Alexis? So please. <laughs> Anything no, about no, I, wanted to, I wanted to know about your thoughts on uh, Miguel Arteta because I feel like you you sort of like if if uh, a group is in your tribe if it's a thing that you care about you care about it very deeply and you become sort of like Papa Bear protective of it how are you feeling about this Arsenal team are you very protective and, and excited by it or are there things that you don't necessarily love right now I you know what I'm actually really excited that they got uh, Thomas Partey I don't understand what's taken so long to get Saliba in the mix um, but I you know, Cedric Suarez, I'd love to see more from, uh, you know, I would love Obama Yank to start scoring again. Remember, remember how much you used to love doing that, buddy. Uh, <laughs> remember how that's the only reason you're on this team. Um, so like those things, I would love to f- figure out what, you know, exactly what, how Nicola Pepe, uh, you know, can contribute most effectively to Mikel Arteta's system. Um, 
I love uh, I love the Mikel Arteta hire. I love the fact that he went from head coach to manager. They're giving him more responsibilities. They're clearly backing him. We've had people on our show that are you know famous for yelling at Arsenal um, after the match, and I've said, trust me, trust me when I tell you, Mikel Arteta is the guy. That's the guy we're going to have mm-hmm. for a very long time. And I feel like that. I feel like he's the new Wenger. You know what I mean? Um, so all those things I'm very excited about. But yeah, it's still frustrating to now be in eleventh place after really playing so well. It's like, what is it that we need to do to get over the hump? Hey, we just beaten an Irish team. Should we celebrate? I don't know. Um, but some of the kids got to score, you know? Um, and I feel great for those Irish lads to go back to their regular jobs after this and say <laughs> that they got a chance to be beaten by Arsenal. I'm only kidding, by the way. But uh, like, yeah, yeah, no, it's just uh, as an Arsenal fan, I think it's, you know, over the last like maybe six years, I've learned to not um, – not, I mean, tell everyone you're hoping for the best, but secretly, you know, I'm a Knicks fan. So, like, I know it's not ever going to work out. So, I'm just going to sit back and say <laughs> we had a good run, you know. Um, but I'm hoping that things just continue to develop. You know, the players that I think are great, like Aubameyang, are getting a little older. So, it's like I really think we only have about another two-year window before we can win a title with Aubameyang or we have to start finding Aubameyang's replacement. And maybe it's Martinelli. You know what I mean? So, there's certainly a lot of youth that I'm excited about. But it's like as an Arsenal fan, a lot of it is like a waiting game or – are we as good as we think we are, or are we as good as we hope we are? Didn't you all just give him a fairly lengthy and fairly lucrative contract extension? Yeah. How are you feeling about that one, given that you're, you're talking about needing to look for a replacement really soon? I mean, you got to do it, right? Because you're not going to find a replacement for him yeah, immediately. You know, so like we were kind of between. But also, like, that's not what we it's what we couldn't do with Robin Van Persie. You know, it's what we couldn't do with Seth oh, Fabregas. You know, oh, trust me, I remember. Um, <laughs> you know, it's all those moments like this. It, it, I see. Yeah. That era of Arsenal has not changed. We put our money where our mouth is. You know, Nicola Pepe for 80 million in like wild amount of it. They got him on layaway, but still get to use him. Uh, that's kind of weird, but Saliba, you know, uh, getting him early, that's an Arsenal move. Partey grabbing him at the last day of, of the thing. That's not really an art. Like Arsenal hasn't been that Arsenal since Ozil. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, and, and I don't want to talk about Ozil, but it's, um, it's fun to see those, those changes start to happen. All those things that Arsenal were fans were afraid of, like, oh no, is this who we are now? The team that can't get anything done. The fact that that's kind of done is kind of dope. And maybe we can continue to build on it. And we can't let Everton have a better season than us. <laughs> can't, well, why, now, why not? <laughs> I mean, right now, right now they are. Uh, I do think Arsenal will probably close that gap a little bit. I think they've got the talent. And I, I like Mikel Arteta too. So it doesn't feel like either one of you is going to be like, having a lot of negative stuff necessarily to talk about uh, this season with your two teams. Uh, I'm wondering which teams do give you the most content, most consistently. I learned a new word this week, which was, I'm going to butcher it because I cannot pronounce it properly, but is it Revolu? Revolu. Revolu. I'm going to ask which team wherever in the, in the world is most Revolu and uh, is the answer definitely the LA Galaxy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say I mean, it would have been Barca before Bartomo, Bartolomeu yeah. quit. But yeah, I guess now it is LA Galaxy. I mean, look, they, I, I don't know. I, I, it's weird. MLS, like the whole league feels like a Revolu, right? Because it's just like they, they some teams play games some don't um you know you have covid positive results or whatever um it, 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 i don't know like we i guess we never really look at it like um uh, uh which team is in uh mm-hmm. the most disarray <laughs> i think uh look i off the top of my head like as far as just like 
games that are like an absolute like you know they're going to be just a mess uh positively or negatively are just is Leeds United right it's every time Leeds is playing it, it, it seems like the, the Bielsa system is just uh, a defense. Never heard of it. Score some goals if you want to k- keep a job on this team. Uh, so I, I like that, the, that at the very least, the, the, the Premier League table, the, the top of the table looks different than it has in a long time. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that's where I'm, I, I, I'm surprisingly finding a lot of uh, entertainment, even in some... Um, Champions League results as well with with you know uh, Real Madrid like losing uh, who they lose to in, in that first round and then uh, in the second round they uh, to uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach like so oh, the, yeah, yeah. the fact that I Shakhtar. think this Shakhtar. <laughs> The yeah. fact that we have the, uh, so so much uncertainty, I think the fan, the fact that there's no fans is giving te- these quote unquote smaller teams uh, a much more even footing, right? They don't have to be intimidated by people throwing at them or whatever like it, it, it's a i think the, the results this year all over the world are going to be look a little different than usual the other thing with like like those sort of like which teams give you all the most content or which things do you tend to pay attention to uh, i appreciate your answer to that but it does then make me want to ask like do you all like having those sort of like oh we can talk about this again like oh that happened again or does that sort of to some extent like limit your creativity having to talk about certain things because you know you've talked about it before and so like you can kind of be self-referential like do you all like that sort of repetition in format or do you try to do different things whenever you can uh you know what i think it's it's a little tricky and i i'd be interested to hear what christian's answer is on this because i kind of like when we get in the pocket, so to speak. And I think like we kind of know how that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, I, I can only say it, 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 we don't necessarily think about like, you know, Oh, let's talk about MLS today. Let's talk about Premier league today. Let's like, mm-hmm. I, I think the, you know, and I know you guys get these, uh, you, you get these requests all the time, right? Like about like talk more about Bundesliga or talk more about whatever, like, and we, and we just can't make everybody happy. But I think the, 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 the thing that feels the most rewarding is when we find something that is like, wow, only the Cooligans could have done that. And like the first thing that comes to mind for me, the, and the the hardest I laughed probably this year was reacting to David Guetta on the on the rooftop <laughs> yeah. uh, when he was doing the MLS like COVID relief charity, and we're like, and he's he said like shout yeah. out to George Floyd's family, and like, and it was yeah. just like yeah. super awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. But the fact that we could take, I mean, it was obviously he was doing something positive, talking about something serious, being really like just a, 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 like out of out of touch and and like the tone was not great um but the fact that we could find something that relates to soccer relates to something even tragic something that people care about and still make people laugh is yeah that is the when it's like that 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 sandwich of all those things uh, coming together is uh the the most fun and the most rewarding it feels like this is what we were kind of put here in the soccer space to do. Yeah. yeah, I would I would I would agree with that just because 
uh, first of all, you all are very good at that type of thing, but also because like for us, for the Total Soccer Show, like we can talk about that stuff, but we don't have the comedy background. We're not going to bring much comedy to it. I feel like instead it would, if we talked about it, just be like, oh yeah, that happened. That was weird. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about like, so I feel like that is like, that type of thing is like uniquely perfect for you all and you all do a great job with those types of things. And yeah, finding levity in things that don't really lend themselves to it. Again, a thing that I think you all are very good at. With that in mind, my final question for you then is, let's say we get back to normal. You all are back in studio. You're going to you're gonna blow it out for your first show back. Fubo says, we can get you anybody you want. Who from the soccer world do you want in that studio? Uh, could be somebody from the United States, could be abroad, whomever you want. Who's going to be the guest that you think is like going to give you the best show? Not necessarily the biggest name or the biggest numbers, but just who are you most excited to record with? Sunil Galati. Yo, it would be his last time on our show on his own, yes, it would. on his own volition <laughs> yes, uh, it would. as per his decision. But mm-hmm. um, more than anything, I actually think he has like a sort of a quick wit. And I think yeah. he is kind of a difficult interview for almost anyone else in this game because they they're either journalists and don't want to go down that road or they don't have the ability to battle that wit in that moment. And I think we are uniquely set up for a really fun interview with him where we'll let him, you know, talk his talk, like, but we're also going to come at him a little harder than I think anyone else has, but like in a fun way. And, and I don't, I don't think anyone else can really do it. And that in my head really stands out as like, if we ever get this interview, it's gonna be amazing. For for me, uh, the first person that comes to mind, especially right now, uh, is uh, Javier Chicharito oh, Hernandez. Uh, there's, uh, I'm a huge fan of of him. As you know, uh, you know, look, he hasn't had the the, the greatest last couple of years, but I, I'm a, a fan of him as a player, as as a as a personality. I think he has. Um, he's just such an interesting guy, and and it'd be awesome to like talk to him and and humanize him in a way uh, of like finding uh finding humor in in what's going on with his life because we see his you know we saw the the his vlog and him like sad about leaving spain and all that stuff and and all the criticism that he kind of deals with but uh, you never really see him like laughing and smiling and and uh, and stuff like that like that would it would be just an awesome thing to be able to joke around and maybe roast him a little bit uh, and and see if he could make fun of himself because that's like that's like I feel so bad for him. I don't know if other people feel this way. I just like I want him so much to succeed. I mean, like really, really. I'm not a Galaxy fan. I'm, I'm just like I see this what what this guy's kind of gone through and what he's meant to to you know the the Mexican fans and just and people who are just fans of soccer. Like he he really did a lot at Manchester United and 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 I want him to. Do well everywhere he goes, and I've look. I, and I like follow him on Instagram, and I've seen all this great stuff he does, and he's like very vocal. I've seen him. I've seen him talk about like the the kind of misogyny that is, you know is in 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 Mexico and in just in culture in general, where he's like you know talking about like trying to let let his followers know like you have to be uh kind and respectful and 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 uh respect women's boundaries and all this uh, like the, the there's not many people who do that and especially coming from a mexican national international it, it's it's kind of like inspiring uh so he is someone who i think not only could it be like a great interview just like in general but like i think i think he has a humorous side that he doesn't really show to many people 
Uh, I look forward to that Sino Galati Chicharito uh, <laughs> special episode. Uh, my new tradition, uh, uh, it seems to be on the show, is to say that's all my questions and then ask one more. I do have one more that could potentially lead to more after that. Um, when we first, like our first interaction uh, for Total Soccer Show with Alexi Lalas was, I think like I made fun of him for, like they threw back to him the feed cut out or something they threw back to him and he didn't really know what to do. And he sort of was like, um, hello. So that's weird. Like he, he kind of wasn't ready for it. And I think I said he needed like improv lessons. And then he was listening to that show and said like, I signed up for them or something like that. And it was the first time I think I had a realization of like, Oh, people like might be listening yeah, and people yeah. who we're talking about might be listening. And you, you all have obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of what I wanted to know. It's like, it's like, like at, you all have obviously gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. You've got the show, you've got the, uh, the, the show you're doing with NYCFC. Like you have your reach is expanding, which means more people are finding you and more of the people you're talking about are probably listening. Do you do that mental calculation when you're talking about those people or anybody in particular? Do you tend to soften a little bit more? Or do you try to stick to it as you always have? I think there is some of that naturally anyway, just because like we're now kind of a little bit aware because it's been made pretty evident that people are listening um, from time to time. But I think if, you know, even when we were talking about Christian mentioned the joking about, you know, the David get a rooftop thing. Like if you've never heard that segment, you might first be like, I get that it was silly, but why, how could you possibly make a joke about that? It's like, go back and listen to it. Like nothing we say is ever really with a bad heart or bad intention. We're joking about the moment. And I think there's been times where we've made fun of like a club social media presence or something they posted and like they'll, they'll respond to us in a tweet or something with a, a line that says like, I'm clearly listening. So we try our hardest not to think about those things because I think that becomes the death of comedy. Worrying about any reaction other than a laugh yeah. is the death of comedy in my eyes in that moment, like putting a filter on yourself is bad, but you also have to be aware. Like we're not hateful people. We don't say hateful things. We we're both pretty progressive. So like nothing we say, even if it's, comes across as like ouch that kind of hurt it's never going to be mean spirited at least i don't think so but that's also for other people to judge you know and then if you have any negative reaction to what we do i'm just going to tell you you're wrong you know <laughs> yeah like that, that that's the we, you know we can't expect everyone to be happy with what we say but the the, the i I think people understand the intention uh, and we're not like Alexa, we're not hateful people. So we're not trying to put anyone down. The only I'll be honest, the only person I'm afraid of bumping into is Jazzy Zardes, because Alexis, for some reason, keeps making fun of Jazzy Zardes. And all he does is completely score goals. And he keeps I making, say he's great. I, but, say- I, but I also <laughs> say he can't possibly be the starter at the next World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it just completely underestimates him all the time. So, you know, sometimes when, when we're uh, uh, almost like when Giazzi, we're, if you're listening, I can't be the top of that list, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that when we were when we're almost when we're not making jokes and just criticizing uh, uh, the, the play of certain players, that's when I'm like most worried for whatever. But I think from, from a uh, comedy perspective or a joke perspective, I'm like, they'll, I'm sure they understand that we're just joking around. So, uh, but no, I, we, we don't worry about it much. I, I, I do look forward to the day on that Sunil Galati Chicharito special when Justice Artist also turns up to have it out with Alexis on air. <laughs> that, that would be the perfect show, and I will be there for it. I would, I would love it if Jazzy's Artist was just like, yo, keep my name out your mouth. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All I do is banging goals. What else do you want me to do? You know? There he goes again, coming in hard with a first touch. <laughs> 
I just need that to be a segment of him chasing Alexis down the streets of New York. Alexis on a scooter. <laughs> she obviously sprinting behind him. If it's yeah. chasing him me on foot, it's a short segment. <laughs> in fact, that is – in fact, I feel like y'all should go the um, – who, who are the – I forget the jackass ripoffs, but the guys who did that with different players that they had like Wayne Rooney shoot shots at them. I feel like that's what you need. Alexis, you on a scooter and Jesse's artist just gets opportunities to rip shots at you and try to hit you. Oh, that would be, be great. great. <laughs> I like to say it'd be great so he's into it uh, until that happens and when it does we'll definitely talk about that but until then uh, guys thank you both for coming on the show talking about Daryl talking about yourselves talking about soccer it has been uh, a very nice conversation to have with uh, two good friends who've been good friends to me I've obviously been good friends to Daryl and the show uh, and it, it felt really nice to close out the week getting to talk to some people who knew him very well and spent a lot of time with him so to bring it back to a sort of serious point. I just wanted to say thank you both for being friends to me, friends to him, friends to the show, and uh, just good sources of support throughout. We wouldn't yeah. be where we are today if it wasn't for both of you guys. So thanks so much. And uh, we love and miss Daryl. And at the same point, man, we can't wait to see uh, wh- where you take this all and, and, and you know, even including us, how we can continue to, to honor Daryl's um, expectation of what he would have wanted from all of us. And in particular, I know he was so excited with us just being funny and, and saying some of the things that he never really felt like he could say or would think to say. So we're going to continue to do that. Yeah. <laughs> he also yeah. wanted me to eat Doritos a lot. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. It was weird that he put it in his will, but you know, it was. It you was. Know? Well, they we used to re- be a shirt sponsor for Wolves. It's true because I own one. Uh, so I guess I got to do what I got to do for Daryl. You know? Yeah. Taylor, man, uh, we absolutely love you. Uh, we love Daryl. Uh, we love TSS for you. Yeah. And we're just here to, to continue to uh, show you that appreciation. Thank you for everything you've done for us uh we will we're, we're here we're here to support you uh and w- with whatever uh you need man so uh thank you for having us on the show it was nice to yeah. reminisce a little bit and uh and and yeah and we'll just the, the yeah. world keeps moving and then we have yeah. to find ways to power through but uh you know keep doing what you're doing and and uh providing people with uh you know a valuable service that they uh, appreciate and we appreciate you too man so thank you well, thank you both. Uh, I will not take up any more of your time. And Christian, I'm going to assume you have to go make things right with Nutmeg, having literally thrown him under the bus in that <laughs> scenario. So on that note, uh, Christian Balaco, Alexis Gross, the Cooligans, thank you all uh, once again for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you.